It's no joke. It's time to get your yoke. And I will not apologize for that dad joke to kick things off because it's a pretty exciting week. It's the weekend before we get our dirty little paws on Flight Sim on the Xbox. And there's there's a fair bit to talk about that went on in the world of Microsoft this week. Happy Friday, friends. It is good to kick things off here. And so let's just dive into the news. This week, Microsoft announced that Teams 2.0, in quotations, is starting to roll out. Now, this message got a little bit confusing, and you'll see why here in a second. So Teams 2.0 is the app that I got my hands on before Microsoft officially released it. But aside from that point, they announced it and said, hey, we're going to start pushing this to a select group of insiders. Okay, Microsoft has done that before. That's perfectly fine if they want to test it with a small group that's you know that's their prerogative and then we got a new build of windows 11 late yesterday and, and it appears to be included in that build is well teams 2.0 so i don't know if it's really a small subset is actually getting teams 2.0 but it appears if you install the latest windows 11 build you are going to be able to run this and i've installed it on uh, about the four machines now uh, three machines actually three machines and I've got it on every single one, so it doesn't appear, it's either tied to your MSA or something like that, but um, if you didn't get it, maybe there's, uh, there truly is, but it, it sounds like anyways, anybody who's installed Windows 11 latest build, you're going to get it. Uh, Microsoft also confirmed this week related to Windows 11 that the long-term servicing channel is going to come over to Windows 11. Now, it's a little bit more convoluted than the, the headline that I wrote because what's going to happen is the Windows 10 build that is coming out this fall, 21H2, is going to be the next iteration of the long-term servicing channel, which will get, I believe, five years of support. What Microsoft has said is that at this time, the next long-term servicing branch will come from Windows 11. That is their expectation with the caveat that things could change between now and three years from now. So they're saying as of today, that's the plan, but plans change and we've got a couple years for to understand you know, truly what's going on. But just keep in mind that if you are running the LTSC on some sort of medical equipment or something of that nature, you will eventually have the option to install Windows 11 uh, at some point in the future. Also, the latest builds, there are... a a few more UI refinements. It's just important to keep in mind that that's all we really expect at this point as Microsoft has already locked down the core of the OS for RTM and now they're just doing servicing bits and adding more UI functionality. Although I do have a weird bug in the version that I am running and I haven't quite isolated it yet. It's my right click stops working in any application other than the desktop. I'm not sure what's related to this. It doesn't sound like it's potentially widespread, but it's definitely it definitely started happening for me in this latest build, and I'm not quite sure what's happening. I don't know if it's linked to using a, a screenshot tool or something like that, but just keep in mind that this latest build is a little bit more buggy, and things like Windows Hello cameras, I believe, do not work either, at least out of the box after you install it. Just keep that in mind. It's a developer build. It's not even beta. It's alpha, what we used to call back in the day. And so here we are. Uh, Microsoft also announced that they're officially killing the Windows Store for business and education. That will happen in 2023. So you get a couple years to make that migration. And Microsoft has documentation if that is going to impact you. Although it sounds like it doesn't impact too many people based on what I've understood about usage. Other things that are sort of interesting here is that Microsoft also confirmed that direct storage, the one of the Xbox features that is coming to Windows 11, will be coming to Windows 10. 
So this is really interesting for multiple reasons. The only reason as of right now, at least I believe, that you would want to go to Windows 11 is if you like the UI. If you don't like the UI, just stay on Windows 10 and it looks like you're getting just about everything. We know on Windows 10, you're now getting direct storage. You're also getting the new store and I believe you're also gonna be able to run the Teams app as well. The, the consumer Teams app that is now being bundled with Windows 11. So the benefits of going to Windows 11, at least on the surface, no pun intended, is that it's just the surface level skin coating that we're seeing. Uh, we'll wait and see. I don't want to write off Windows 11 completely and say it's just a UI pack or whatever, but it kind of it kind of is in some regards. Um, so there's real no bad reason to, to stay on Windows 10, at least at this point from a gaming perspective, because you are going to get direct storage functionality. Uh, also, other things to keep in mind, uh, Intel reported record, record revenues from PCs. Overall, their revenue was relatively flat, but they were again seeing strong demand in the PC space. Uh, there's still a shortage of chips, and so don't get your hopes up that that is going to be changing anytime soon. Intel reiterated that they continue to see that uh, challenge going on for at least another couple months. And so there you go on to some of the gaming news this week. Some interesting stuff here as well. Uh, Xbox, as I let off with this, uh, this podcast flight sim is arriving on July 27th, I believe just a few short days from now. Now this is exciting for lots of reasons. One, they Microsoft teamed up with all their hardware partners and there's a bunch of yokes and flight sticks and everything else. You can spend all your desired monies that you want on making your uh, Xbox way of playing flight sim more like an actual airplane. That is one cool thing that keep in mind as well. The thing that I'm really gonna be paying attention to here is the Xbox Series S. It's not technically underpowered, but there's less storage and it's of great value, right? It's at 299. It's a real easy pickup to go grab that console instead of the 499 for the Series X. And how is Flight Sim going to run on that? We know it's going to run, we, at least we think, fairly well. And actually, there's a leaked video. Now, I can't confirm the video itself saying that they are running Flight Sim on Xbox Series S. And it looks honestly fantastic. But again, there's no way to actually verify that. But I can tell you that Microsoft has seeded out some early copies of the game to the media. I am not included in that. So I'm not breaking any embargoes, I don't think. But I know that that is out there. So that could be technically possible somebody is running Flight Sim on the Xbox Series S. S and it looks really great. The reason why this is such a big deal is it's a you need a very high-end PC to get a quality experience. You really do. You need a, a beefy graphics card, a good amount of RAM, and the fact that the Xbox Series S appears to be able to run Flight Sim at a very reasonable resolution and frame rate is a huge win for Microsoft. This is such a, a killer title from um, one, just the experience, like it's a really great title on itself, but it's a killer title too from a, a hardware demand perspective. And so the fact that Microsoft can make it run exceptionally well on their Series S is a big deal because that's the low-end entry-level box. And so if you have a flight sim addiction and you want to bring it to the console, it looks like you can get into it on the Series S and be very happy with the experience. I'm really, really interested to see how well it runs on that console. I know there's going to be some technical deep dives coming up and they're going to be very important to pay attention to because that'll truly, uh, I, I think this is like one of the first titles we're going to see that really starts to challenge the performance capabilities of these consoles, which is a great thing. Not to say that they haven't been challenged so far, but we all know how demanding flight sim is uh, on the hardware requirements so keep your eyeballs peeled for that announcements and stuff coming out um, also ea play live was announced this week or hat was held this week there's a bunch of games like dead space battlefield portal looks super interesting it's mixing up a bunch of different battlefield generations allow you play grid uh, is out there too so if you enjoy the ea stuff definitely go check that out because there's a lot of games on the agenda that they announced now 
on to my favorite part of the week. I am in a relatively good mood for whatever, even though I'm going to be painting the inside of my house this weekend. Uh, but anyways, uh, on to the questions of the week, which is always my favorite part and always appreciate everybody hanging out. Uh, Bishnat says, have you ever made Paul really mad? Um, I, I've definitely angered him at some points, I, I know for a fact, but we've never really been... We've never really, at least to my knowledge, never really been angry at each other. It, it, it's just, I don't know, we just really haven't. I'm sure we've annoyed each other at points. I mean, uh, pre-pandemic, we were traveling a bunch together, and when that happens, it, it that typically works out. But whatever, I don't, I've never really been mad or upset at Paul for, like, weeks or anything like that. So, I don't think so. Uh, JMBCK says, two questions for the day. That is perfectly acceptable. Uh, what do you suppose Microsoft has up their sleeve with all the recent security company acquisitions? Risk IQ and Refirm. That's right, Microsoft bought another security firm this week. My suspicion is, is that they are... Well, let's roll back the clock here a little bit. There's been a lot of issues... Uh, a lot of it advanced attacks on the Microsoft infrastructure. We've got like we've got print spooler happening this week. We've seen a bunch of ransomware happening across the board. Uh, there was that group out of Israel who was selling hacks in the compromised iPhones and Android devices. There, the security has always been a challenge. Cybersecurity has always been a significant challenge. But and maybe it's placebo or maybe it's something else. But it feels like I don't know. Maybe starting back with Solar Winds, things have really escalated recently like really escalated in the, the sophisticated attacks and who's been compromised type scenario and microsoft clearly has security technology but they're looking at additional ways to add value to the security services which is always kind of a hold your breath moment the reason why i say that is microsoft is obviously going to want to charge money or they're adding it to their subscription services but there's tons of security companies out there they i don't want to say they're dimes a dozen because it, it's quite complex to, to spin up a a, a a robust security solution and you got to have a really technical knowledge and everything else. That being said, it's a huge market right now and it's only growing in its capacity for more dollars to be spent and Microsoft is investing to make sure that they have effectively robust solutions across the board for what they offer. It's going to be interesting to see how aggressively Microsoft continues to, to go into this space. They have a lot of money and they're trying to make the right investments and with this much happening in the world, it's not surprising that Microsoft is doing this two in one week. I probably wouldn't have bet on that, but here we are, and uh, they've act, act, very much went that route. Uh, TXAG says, what do you think the Windows 11 announcement was so badly done? Or why do you think the Windows 11 announcement was so badly done? Or do you disagree with my thoughts on that? So let me qualify that like pretty heavily. I don't think the Windows 11 announcement was done poorly. Like the actual OS, yes, the stream crashed. The Windows 11 announcement I actually think was fine. What Microsoft screwed up, in my opinion, and it's an answer we still don't know, is the actual spec requirements. They were very unclear and ambiguous about the language of which devices will be able to support and run Windows 11, I want to say natively, but we don't quite know yet. And it doesn't make sense because old PCs, people have been able to load up Windows 11, it runs just fine, but there's the security requirements with TPM 2.0 and it, do Intel 7th gen chips work or not work? We don't know. And is TPM 2.0 actually a requirement? Because if that, if so, I believe some Intel, uh, I think 6th gen chips actually support TPM 2.0. So that was what Microsoft screwed up. Not so much the Windows 11 announcement. They screwed up the, the logistics of Windows 11, which is quite literally what can run it. 
Mr. PKI says, I don't want to save this question to be last this week, but what do you think of all these recent security vulnerabilities being reported for Windows? Is there a chance there will be a call to action similar to what was performed with Win oh, Windows XP SP2? That kind of rolls off the tongue a little bit there nicely. There, this is a, a very interesting time because as I noted previously, the, the attacks on Windows aren't your mom and pop type vulnerabilities where there's one guy somewhere off doing whatever. We are seeing what we what Microsoft and, and many are believe state and nation sponsored attacks, which basically means they have infinite amount of money and resources to find vulnerabilities in an OS and exploit them. Now, don't get me wrong, the US government does, every government probably does this, but we don't typically see them used in an offensive manner against privately held entities. And so that is the big deal here is that companies or ransomware groups have figured out a very profitable way to lock up data and require payment typically almost always exclusively paid via some sort of cryptocurrency that is quote-unquote untraceable but I, I don't quite think it's truly as untraceable as some people believe because we've seen some things where bitcoins have been recovered that's aside there's get there's a real kind of smack in the face that hey even if you're fully patched and you've done everything you can you might still be vulnerable and so one of the things that's interesting we've done some research on petri as well is i kind of expect that it budgets might actually increase more so than we have seen historically typically it has been looked at as a cost center yeah there's some value add there but it's like hey make sure i can log in and that's fine and they don't get the proper resources needed and they're typically underfunded i suspect we might see some budgets increased for it specifically related to security because you look at all the ransomware and everything that's going on that you'd be crazy not to be investing proactively to make sure that your environment is the most robust and secure as possible yeah it's expensive but at the same time it's more expensive to be compromised so to answer your not answer your question i don't know if we will see an sp2 uh per se because microsoft would probably want to avoid that potential i think there could be some blowback in the media if they do something like that but i definitely think microsoft is working on hardening it down or at least something is in the works because you look at everything that they just bought up this week they literally bought two companies uh targeting in the security sector Sydney 2K says, uh, with Flight Simulator dropping in a few days, what will you be looking forward to comparing the console version to the PC version? So yeah, so there's there's actually three comparisons that we're going to be looking forward to. The Xbox Series S, the Xbox Series X, and then where on the, the, the spec sheet effectively does the Xbox Series X align with a PC. There's going to be a point where it's like, hey, if you want the same performance that you get on a $500 console, how much money do you have to spend on a PC to replicate that same level of performance? Because that's going to be a good value comparison for something like buying the console. If you want to play Flight Sim in its best characteristics, well, I can spend 500 bucks on a console. We'll say we'll go all out on the flight sticks and yokes for another 350 bucks and maybe another 100 bucks um, for a headset. So you're looking at about 1000 bucks there to get started uh, if you want to go all in with the Xbox console now if you want to replicate that type of experience how much you're gonna have to spend on a pc you're still gonna have to buy the 350 flight yoke or whatever maybe even more in a hundred dollar headset so you're 450 there what kind of pc can you build that will get you that experience that is what i'm looking for because then it's an easier comparison to say hey look this is the value of the console today in pc comparable while we could do that with other titles it's not fair to point out uh, uh flight sim but as i noted earlier flight sim is pretty taxing on the system if you want to run it at a high k resolution or for high k a 4k resolution and get decent frame rate you need a you need a relatively beefy pc and so that is one of the comparisons that i'm looking forward to uh and then he also says how are you coping with the summer heat see summer heat this season so this is weird um i'm in cincinnati ohio 
And it has been hot. Like, our AC unit has been running. But we haven't been getting... We, we got a real big heat wave in, like, mid-June. It's been relatively mild, at least so far. Like, today the high is 82. Yep, 82 freedom units. Uh, and then 28 centigrade. So... Yeah, I mean, that's not that, that hot. And two years ago, we got a brand new AC unit put in our house. And so I, I sleep a little bit better knowing that if that thing, something happens to it, I'm not going to be replacing it. It's under warranty. And that, that is a little bit of stress off my shoulders. So John Lower says, hi, Brad. Thanks all for all the work you do. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of you, John. Thanks for hanging out with us. I want to buy, ooh, I want to buy Surface Go 2s for my school, but not sure about the Pentium versus the M3 or whether four gig of RAM will be enough. Initially, the students will be mainly using OneNote and the pen, and they would get a lot of use, and I'd like them to last, ooh, last five years, if possible, at a push. What would you recommend? Is a Pentium a no-go? So this one's this one's tough because if they're truly only running one note, that is a relatively speaking lightweight application and the Pentium would probably work fine with the major caveat that you want things to run five years. And the reason why the reason why I hesitate there is it, it, I'm almost guaranteeing they will ship with Windows 10. I don't know if Windows 10 will still be running still be I, I, i'm assuming you could still run windows 10 on these devices at that time if that is the answer you might be okay but i think if you truly want them to last five years you're gonna have to spec up just a little bit i think you're gonna be better off the other thing to keep in mind is keep in mind the requirements for windows 11 if you ever think that these things are going to need to be upgraded to Windows 11, this is why I was look, thinking about the Windows 10 timeline. Windows 11, I believe, because of the UI elements, is a little bit more resource intensive. And I know that they have up the specs just a little bit. And those, those Surface Go's are at the bottom edge of what is acceptable. So the five years has me concerned. If it was three years, I think you might be okay. Five years gets a little, gets a little tough. Um, candidly, the thing you might want to do is I would reach out to your... Uh, Microsoft advisor and be like, look, this is the scenario we are in. I, what I, the other thing too is I can't remember when the Surface Go is going to get refreshed. That's the other thing. Um, I do know that the Surface Go laptop is out, but I also know that it's, I believe, not selling very well. So I'm not knowing, I don't know if they're going to refresh that very quickly. I know I didn't directly answer your question there. It's a tough one to know um, because if it's just OneNote, you might be okay. But the five years has me a little concerned. And then he says one more personally. He says, what is percentage chance would you give for a redesigned Surface Pro before the end of the year? I would put the redesigned Surface Pro pretty high. I'm, pre I'm fairly confident that, that is going to happen. It was designed to be launching with Windows 11. Microsoft has not always, but previously used Surface Pro as the hero device for the Windows form for the Windows OS. And I'm pretty sure that is what they are going to be running here with uh, this year. So I, my confidence in that is actually pretty high that we will see that redesign this year. So that being said, if you're going to buy a Surface Pro 7 Plus and you're worried about the redesign in the business world specifically, because you can't buy the 7 Plus if you're a consumer, be on the lookout for a redesigned Surface Pro 8 here in the fall. So there you go, guys. That wraps it up. This has been uh, it's been another fun week. It was kind of sort of-ish quiet, but I'm really excited about Flight Sim dropping next week and just seeing the comparables and everything else about how that plays out because that's, again, I'm looking for those comparisons to see how everything stacks up. As always, everybody, thanks for coming. Thanks for hanging out. We'll catch all of you right back here next time.